And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hogan Johns. The message for the guys is just, in the NFL, it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to come down to the end. It's about playmakers making plays. It's about the coaches putting the guys in position. We just have to finish and give ourselves a chance right there. Justin Fields taking a shot for Darnell Moody. What a catch! Absolutely incredible from Darnell Moody. A one-handed 39-yard grab. Here's Montgomery speeding ahead, spinning in for the touchdown. Bayless Jones, this is what he can do, and Bayless Jones is in. Justin had one of his best days of his career, 15 of 21 for 208, had a passer rating of 118. And at the very end, I thought he was operating, you know, the two-minute drive really nice. Fields finds the former Viking Amir Smith-Marset, and it's stripped away by Dantzler. He takes it down into Bears territory. A huge turnover with a minute to go. Obviously, we need to get out of bounds there. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Ho. You've got talent, kid. Yes. Cowabunga, dude. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Kind of cool. He's a good man. Oh, you betcha, yeah. It's Hogan Johns. Welcome in. Hogan Johns here with you. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. It is a Bears loss, but it's one of those losses where you're like, okay, a little bit of progress here. Would have been nice to pull it out. Uh, you can see the deficiencies don't, don't on the team. Say it. Don't say it. You're going to no, say moral victory? It. Okay, please. Thank you. I, don't, I actually just got done doing a whole like hour and a half post game where I was like, I don't like the title of this. I don't like that we're calling this a moral victory. It's a loss. I like to call it a loss. That had some positive development. <laughs> it's too long, though. Yeah, I know. That's Can you make e- that an acronym? Yeah, but that's why moral victory is a cliche, because it's just easier to say. Probably. Yeah. But when your quarterback plays this well, I mean, there's a lot of things to... What's your saying? There, there's the positive developments when they deal with your starting quarterback in the second season and the fifth start in this new system. But that's another thing, too. It's like we set our expectations so damn low that we're happy about a uh, a 200-yard performance, too. <laughs> Going in in this game. I know. Well, we we didn't set that bar. They set the bar for themselves, and that bar was at 95, 97.5 passing yards, total net passing yards average over the first four games of the season. I love that you're having a beer. Absolutely, baby. We got some Moon Man going here. It's better than Spotted Cow. Don't at me. I'm I'm drinking a coffee at five p.m. I just got done with some tea. You know. Now we're on the. It's a long day, but um, look, uh, let's start with Fields because that's usually where we're starting. Here's what I liked because at the beginning, I mean, they're so discombobulated. Everything looked awful. We'll get into that here in a little bit, especially with how they started the game, but. Fields was a part of that too. Like he his his accuracy early on was not good. Ball placement not good. And then all of a sudden they get in that sort of a desperate situation, right? And you absolutely need a drive at the end of the first half to get some points on the board. And they you know, I thought there were some nice calls from Getze in there. Um a little bit of creativity in there. And all of a sudden you get going and you feel you feel better going into halftime, right? 
And then it was really that drive coming out of half, I thought, the second touchdown drive, where that was actually like, oh, this is Fields' drive. This isn't play calling. This isn't, you know, run game, gimmetry, whatever. This is actually Justin Fields is in a rhythm for the first time all season. This dude is slinging right now. He's feeling good. There was touch on his passes. The, the ball placement was good. The, the ball was going downfield. I thought it was interesting, John's on the broadcast. Um, the sideline reporter, I think coming out of half, said, Matt Eberflus just told me we have to get the ball downfield. And I was like, no shit. But like, it's interesting that he said Obviously, that. that yeah, works. Right? Yeah, yeah that, that might help score points. It was definitely one of those actions speak louder than words things. Like, okay, let's actually see this. But then they did it. They actually did it. And Justin looked pretty good and, and comfortable. More importantly, he looked comfortable and confident for like really the first time all season. See, I'm of the opinion that some of those downfield throws actually existed or, or potentially could have existed in the first four games. Certain things threw it off. He missed some wide open throws. Receivers weren't in the right spots. The Giants blitzed the hell out of the Bears. They really did that. Their pressure packages just completely were, they, they couldn't handle them. This game was a bit different. Justin feels comfortable in the pocket. Ball got downfield. He found the rhythm. And I would say, even now, I, I think Justin Fields might agree with us and say that stats actually matter. Like you could see tangible progress. Like it's it's just not arguing over certain points, like, oh, that, that was a good throw. Guys gotta catch it and stuff like that. Like you can actually see there's measurement to it now. I think that means something for him. It has to mean something for him as he goes forward. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's um I think it's okay to be a little bit celebratory about the offensive progress. Justin Fields, most importantly. Because, guys, let's be honest. Like, it's been bad. And, and I know nobody wants to hear the negativity, but it's been bad to the point. I'm sorry. I'm saying before today and even into the first quarter today, where you really, I don't care who you are, Ryan Poles or the most meatball of fans out there, okay? <laughs> or one of us here on this podcast, you couldn't watch what you saw the first four weeks of the season and not at least have some thought of, uh-oh, they might need to go get another quarterback next year, right? Like, not, not like done deal, but at least be thinking about, oh, no, this is this is happening again. Um, well, I don't it's, know. It's, if, if you're a Bears fan, you're almost conditioned to it because it that thought should creep in your mind as positive as you want to be. Right. Because we've seen it before. Katie McNown, Rex Grossman, Jay Cutler to a certain extent, Mitch Trubisky was just here. Of course that thought should seep in. Even if it's the tiniest voice in your head. But but at the same time, all of us also know, mainly because we see them on other teams, <laughs> what like a real talented quarterback supposed to look like. And Justin Fields does look like that at times. Like you you you, you still I don't care who you are, same conversation. You look at him and you you can't help but look at him sometimes and be like this dude should be really, really good. It, it's, it, it's, it's different. I feel like than with Mitch, where you 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 always felt like you were kind of stretching a little bit. Yeah, you know, right. That's fair. Justin, Justin's built like an elite quarterback should be built, and he can do all the things you want him to do. 
And so there's at the same level of all that doubt creeping in the last four weeks, there's also this confusion. And now I'm speaking for myself because because I'm sitting here watching the tape and I just feel this confusion because I'm like, how could it possibly be this bad? Like, I was relatively confident that whatever that floor was for him was way higher than what we had seen the first four weeks. I still feel that way. So it's just good to have a game like today where for at least a half, maybe a little bit over a half, he finally looked comfortable, confident, like he was making progress within this offensive system and there were positive results for once. And you're not like, you know what, you know my point where you're like arguing about that progress? Where you're trying to talk yourself into seeing progress that may or may not be there? You know what I'm talking about? Because we yeah. did that with Mitch a few times, right? I yeah, think sure. everybody was, was guilty of that, right? But now you got like tangible proof. All right. So passing yards per game heading into this one over the first four games. This does not count sack yardage, but he averaged 117.8 passing yards per game heading into this game. Yeah, he has 208. His yeah. completion percentage was 50.7. 50.7. It's not good. And Luke Getzey is on record saying it should actually be worse because he yeah. has to throw the ball away on certain sacks. Because his completion percentage today, 71.4. Sometimes he was taking those, what was Getzey's word? Those easy, cheap completions, right? He had one late against to David Montgomery, like for eight yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. Get those. Get those. He got those. Passer rating heading into this game, 58.7. Today, 118.8. Which I think was his career high. Yes. So, no, no, that part was good. That part was good. Now, can I rant on something? Oh, yes. This should be good. How in the world? I don't care what level of football this. I don't care if this is Adam John's coached flag football. (laughs) Go on. How do you come out on the first damn play of the game and not have the right personnel on the field? Yeah. Yeah. How? 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 You script that. You walk through it at the hotel the night before. Everyone knows what the first play is. You know if you should be on the field or not on the field. I do not understand that. That was on a Kari Blazing game, correct? (sighs) At least he was the one that was out there. Like, yeah. Now he like would I heard have been Fred, like Fields gave him an excuse, right? It's he was he's on the kickoff return team. Yeah, maybe he forgot a bit. Maybe he was having a conversation with some other special teamer after what happened on the return. But this the first ten plays, sometimes first twelve or fifteen are like usually scripted and as have gone over <laughs> quite a bit. Josh, you're an offensive player on kick return. You know there's an offensive play coming up next. And yeah. I don't care if it's the fourth quarter. You should be like, okay, am I on the field or not? It's the first play of the game. You should know you're on the field. Like, unless they completely went off script, which would be really weird for that early in the game, and like totally changed something they didn't, they weren't going to be doing. I don't understand that at all. But uh, that was a one of many awful things that happened early on in this game. Where you're like, what is happening? <laughs> John's has t- got anonymous texters coming in. Tweet he's tweeting yeah, about Mark yeah. Treshman. Like it, that's how bad it was. That that yeah yeah. I, I won't name this person, but it was someone who worked for the Bears for a long, long time. And let me find it. Feels like a Treshman primetime game. 
The Bears rebuttal? No, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Justin Jefferson, one of the greatest receivers going in this game right now. He, like, I know he's going to get open. But, like, every single play he was open. Not just by two or three yards, but, like, wide open. Five. It was bizarre. (laughs) It it was like they'd never seen this guy on tape before. Is the Bears' defense bad? Well, their secondary is extremely young. Extremely young. And some of that probably came into play. Some of that might be coaching. Now, they did seem to find certain answers for certain things as the game went. But to have a special player like that just running wild, it just felt like so... Like, you know, the Bill Belichick philosophy where I'm going to take the best player away and make the other guys beat us. Mm-hmm. Felt like the exact opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, but I will say, other than like the two-point conversion in the second half, they did, they did seem to make adjustments on Justin Jefferson. In fact, that shot play they took when they were desperate and they got the call on fourth down, uh, which was, I think, a correct call holding on Jalen Jones. If you look, it's like they had triple coverage on him, which is one of many reasons why you shouldn't have held him at the line of scrimmage because you had help from two people over the top. But so they didn't make an adjustment there on Justin Jefferson. But again, like last week, like it, it just felt like it took too long. How does Kirk Cousins start the game 18 for 18? <laughs> you like that? Oh, He made it look easy. Did he not? It just felt too easy early on. I, that's where I just I, I know that was the first touchdown they've given up in the second half. They're running trick plays where Justin Jefferson's throwing twenty three yard passes across the field, <laughs> like, like easily too. Yes, easily. Oh, man. But that's how crazy this game was, and that's why I don't like moral victories. But this is a game. Speaking of Tressman, heck, even maybe Nagy, where it, it goes and it just gets uglier and uglier, and the guys just kind of throwing the towel. You got to give credit where credit's due. They ground themselves back into this game. Yep. And and they did a really good job before and after half, which is called the middle eight that like the middle eight minutes of the game and games can really swing on that, you know, and they they came through with two. They won that. They won the middle eight, 14, nothing. That's what got them back in the game. So um, special teams. Small thing too at the oh special teams again was pretty good. You, you, you got they, a block they, in there. They blocked field goal. You know when you're gonna try an onside kick, you gotta you can't do an onside kick thinking you're definitely gonna get it. You have to be prepared to not get it. Right. You can only do it in a situation where you know you're either desperate at the end of the game where you have to have it, or in a situation where and it sounded like Eberflus said after the game like he warned his defense it was coming and they might have to make a big stop which they did. It was still a well-executed onside kick. You know, you give the Vikings credit for watching the, the ball. How many times did you rewatch that play? I watched it a couple times. Because the key is all on... Diagrammed it a little bit. What you're looking for on film is the front line of the, the return team bailing too soon. Yeah. And, and not moving until the ball is actually kicked. And I'm guessing that's what they saw on film. And then to their credit, they corrected it and it didn't happen on that. Which is why the Vikings were able to recover it. It was good awareness by them. But then you come back and you block the field goal, which was a pretty good field goal block scheme. They got two players in there. Our guy, Adam Amin, was actually confused on which guy blocked it because there was two guys right... Actually, there was, it looked like there were three that could have had the block. So, 
Uh, special teams did a good job of keeping the Bears in, in this one as well. And um, I just... But it was tough watching the Vikings then march. The Vikings had like the perfect drive at the end of the game. They took seven minutes off the clock. Tick, 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 tick. They kept converting on third down over and over and over again. And it just didn't seem like the Bears' defense had any answers. 12 for 15 on third downs. Oh, I saw that earlier. That's a terrible, that's bad. 80%. 80%. What did Luke Getze, uh, Luke Getze got asked this week what what their goal is on third down as an offense. And he said something like 50 he said 48% because that's 48%. number one in the league and their goal is to be number one. 48% is number one. The Bears' defense gave up 80%. So they were ranked 23rd in third down conversion percentage heading into this game at 42.3%. I'm guessing they're going to... Uh, Basically be last. Yes, <laughs> yes. 80% changes numbers uh, a lot there when you're talking about percentages there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash adam and use promo code adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash adam and use code adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Last defensive takeaway, though, is a pretty good one. You know, we've talked a little bit about Kindleville Door looking better this season. Tackling's been better. Um, but, you know, that being said, he's still just sort of a, a solid player. Right, he hasn't been bad. Oh, I thought you were going to call him a guy there because I think he's better than a guy. Solid player is a good compliment. Well, he had been up to this point, but what I'm saying is if he's going to start picking off passes now too, now is his first career interception today. Okay, well, now we're talking about a guy who's actually elevating into should be a starter. And I think, you know, there's there's ball production now. Yeah, through five games, he's been... Because there was definitely a moment, and I think we talked about this during training camp, when you're looking at the depth chart and you're going, man, they're one injury away from Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley still being your guys that are out there on the field. And that's really, really bad. Now they got rid of Duke, and now Kendall is actually looking like he belongs out there. He fits. He fits. Yeah. Solid player, you called him. I think those are the exact words that Matt Eberflus used to describe him on Friday. Called him solid, really solid. Yeah. Now, winning over the coaching staff. If the Bears are a playoff team in the future, is this version of Kendall Vildor good enough to be starting on that type of team? I don't know. He's still got to show more growth, but he's still a young player. He could still get better, and he is showing that improvement. So it's just something to continue to watch. Since we're on the defense here, like Justin Fields needs a number one wide receiver. He needs maybe a little more help on the offensive line tight end help but this defense it's got holes man yeah it's got holes I thought Kendall Vildor I think he almost led the team in tackles seemed to be around the ball a lot he made one great play who was it on uh Dalvin Cook on a, was it a screen to the right I can't remember where he kind of broke off his coverage and kind of broke it up I should have taken better notes yeah on I don't remember that but 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 he played like it's you hope Ken, not Kendall Vildor, Keller Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson. I thought looked good, good, pretty good again today. Aggressive tackling, but I'll tell you one thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, do you know who the Bears' leading tackler was? Hold on, hold on. You're gonna make me guess. It, it's it's somebody you don't want leading the team in tackles. Jalen Jones? Jones. Yes. <laughs> And number two, tied with Nicholas Morrow, is Kyler Gordon. So that's not good. Yeah, not a lot good. of tackles being made downfield after yeah. the you know. Now one of Kyler Gordon's t- tackles was that really good tackle near the sideline on third and five. I think that was third and five. Maybe that's, that's the play I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm merging plays in my head here. Maybe yeah, that was Kyler Gordon. That was a really okay. big play on third down. Now unfortunately, the fourth down play was the next one, and they got the penalty that that kept it going. Um, but I think that's probably the play. 
you're thinking of. You know, it it's hard to be disappointed in a player who came into this game leading the NFL in tackles. But I'm kind of disappointed in Roquan Smith so far this season. Like, he had that one monster game a couple weeks ago, but the other four have, have been underwhelming to me. Is that fair to say? Well, you're looking for him to be a superstar. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, too, is the standard of that weak side linebacker that's been set by players before him, is it not? Yeah, and talked up by his own head coach. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, yeah. he just had... He has the best weeks. He just coached the best weeks at linebacker in the game, in Indianapolis, and Shaq Leonard. Yeah, I just I, I eight tackles today for Roquan Smith. There was a missed tackle, a big one on that last drive. I think that was on that last drive where he missed him in the backfield, or almost the backfield. He ends up getting the first down. Just. Uh, yeah, and a couple comments here as we're we're doing this this post game live that maybe they win the game if Jalen Johnson's playing. I do think that that could have made a difference. Um, oh, he's your best quarterback, absolutely. Do you get the feeling that Jalen Johnson might be ready to go by Thursday though? Like maybe that was a calculated decision. Oh, he's close, but let's make sure he's good to go by Thursday night. Yeah, I think yes. that's I think that's possible. Again, I think we're learning how this coaching regime. Handles injuries still. Yeah. Well, tomorrow's like, yeah, but, but, but tomorrow's the best injury report of the season. The hypothetical if we practiced oh. <laughs> injury report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which cannot be cross-checked with film or anything. You know, like technically the NFL can look at your practice film and find out if you're lying on your injury report. You know, like when uh, JJ Watt had a calf injury, but really he had a heart attack. <laughs> Tomorrow, there's no. You could say whatever you want on the injury report tomorrow. Doesn't count. Yeah. 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 It's, it's all hypothetical. Um, speaking of injured players, you know, who look good today. Monto Gumry. Monto, <laughs> our guy. Monto Gumry. I think they should have just kept it. Like, why do they even fix the jersey? Just go Monto. Full Monto. Monto Gumry. Yeah. Monto Gumry looked pretty good today coming off. It's like, he suffered that injury. They called it like a knee ankle. I thought he was done for a, a while. Oh, yeah. It didn't just look missed good. One game. He just missed one game. He must have the greatest. Um, well, I was gonna say ligaments, but really, it, the muscles around his knees and ankles and everything must be so good that they just absorb all the shock. Because that's the second time in two years I thought he was out for the year. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm good. It's a good point. He's got some Wolverine in him. Yeah. Um. First, first play from scrimmage. Looked fine. Made a cut. Showed yeah, some he, burst, got up the field. He was making the same cuts that he he was making earlier in the season to make Spun guys spun into the end zone on his score. Nice job, Mato. Yeah. What was the split on uh, rushing? Twelve carries for David Montgomery. He only had twenty yards. Wow, I would not have guessed that. Well, here's four receptions for sixty-two. That's where it looked better. Yeah. So twelve. 12 carries for 20 yards. Khalil Herbert had four for 11. So the Bears really didn't get the running game going. Most of the J- Justin Fields was the leading rusher, and that's with his touchdown getting called back. What was that, 52 yards? Yeah. So he would have been close to 100 yards, uh, r- pretty much right at 100 if that had counted, which that was Amir Smith-Marset, too. Is that how we're going to end this podcast? I was, I was waiting to get to him. Do we have to? <laughs> have you watched the replays of that again? 
Cole Clement is literally pointing. Get out. Get out. Get yeah. out. I'm willing to forgive the the first miss he makes, right? The guy's trying to keep him in bounds. He makes a good cut, gets up field, gains a couple more yards. But then there was like a second there where you're like, oh, there's space. The defender's two or three yards off, closing in. But there's room to get out of bounds. You just dive out of bounds. Cole Komet's coming in, pointing out of bounds. Maybe next time, Cole, shove him out of bounds. Yeah, I, Bad I'm, way to lose, man. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, it's funny. I went into that last drive being like, okay, whatever happens here, like I don't think there's a whole lot to be upset about. You know, even if Justin throws an interception because he's kind of forcing, you know, you have to force the ball downfield in that situation. Like, it's been a good day. But then they, they in the most Bears way possible, found the way to make you angry <laughs> because it's the most simplistic thing. Get out of bounds. Guy who probably shouldn't even be on the field to begin with. Catch the ball and go out of bounds. Get to the next play. Forget the fumble, Johns. Like, if he doesn't even fumble the ball, that's a bad play. He yes. gets tackled inbounds, clock's running. Can't have that. At that, point, that, yes. at that point, that's still an awful play that we're sitting here complaining about. And then on top of it, he just lets the ball get ripped out of his hands like it was nothing. I mean, it just shows a complete lack of awareness in all. It, it, it's hard to, of all the bad things that happened in that game, you know, David Montgomery's jersey being misspelled among them. This was worse than whoever's job it is to spell one of the best players names on the jersey. See, that, I've seen, that I've was seen, worse. I've seen misspelled names on jerseys before. That like that just makes me chuckle. <laughs> but like that ball was like that's like a big brother stealing the ball out of the hands of, of the little brother where he doesn't even try to tackle the little brother. He just takes the ball from just him. Just takes it, yeah. I see that all the time in my backyard. Yeah. Like that's that's what it looked like to me. I get you want to make a play for your team, but you need more situational awareness. I don't think that's indicative of what the Bears are are building towards under Matt Eberflus. I really don't. I think it's just a young player trying to make a play, and he's got to learn in that situation. But it's a tough way to lose to a divisional rival, man. Well, the reality is two plays. The game's probably different, and they both involve, involved Amir Smith-Marset and, and, um, and Dantzler on, on the Vikings because that was the guy he blocked in the back on the touchdown. And you can argue about whether or not that's a, that's a good call or not. The reality is he didn't have position. He was at, he, His positioning on the block was wrong, and so you should have just let him go and hope Justin makes the guy makes miss. Makes the guy miss. Okay. And you talk about awareness. Give Dancer credit. He understands the situation, and he sells it to the ref. It was a little bit of flopping, absolutely. But he did what I guarantee you he's coached to do, sells it to the ref, gets the call. Then at the end of the game, same two players involved. One doesn't know to get out of bounds. The other just takes the ball away from him. So right there, those two plays end up being two of the biggest plays in the entire game. Can I make one more receiver complaint? (sighs) Well, there's plenty of those. You, You know where I'm going with this one? Uh, oh yeah! They, if you can't catch the ball, get off the field. Give those snaps to Valus Jones Jr., who scored on his first touch, first touchdown. Yeah, and by the way, maybe if you're gonna run a screen on a two-point conversion, which I hate to begin with, throw the ball in the end zone on a two-point conversion. I yes. hate, I hate when the ball is thrown short of the goal line on a two-point conversion. And that's you saying Getsy's had a good had a good good game today. 
Overall. He did, but I hated that call because not only do I hate that you're throwing it short of the goal line on a two-point conversion, but you're throwing it to a guy who hasn't caught the ball in two weeks. Why is that designed for Pettis? That's, that should be a play designed for Valus Jones. I, I, I just, I hated that. I liked that they went for it. Or I should say I didn't care. I think that early you can go either way. But I, I didn't like that they threw it to Pettis. He's struggling right now. Well, a great example of how the Bears need help at receiver. And I'm sorry, everyone, whether you're asking in the chat right now or will on our Q&A this week. I don't know who's coming. <laughs> I don't think anyone's coming anytime soon. Nikhil Harry. Oh, yes. I don't know. About Maybe that, that New England game, yeah. but set Maybe. your expectations accordingly. Yeah, exactly. Anything to kill Harry gives you at this point is a big, big bonus. Um, if I had to guess, guys, for those asking, I do not think he'll be back Thursday. Maybe, but I think the Patriots game is more realistic. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's got that Patriots game circled, too. So, um, but it'll be a quick week. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to going back and watching this. It was an entertaining game, I have to say. Like, first time in a long time, I remember watching the Bears game where you're like, things are rolling in the second half, yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, they might pull us. Yeah. Pull they us took the lead in this out. one. Yeah. So. That in itself is progress. And I, I hate, I hate, I'm, I'm actually sick and tired of using that word, and it's going to be a long season of using that word. But that in itself, on the, on the road, especially in that environment against that team, Certain organizational progress was made by Matty Berflus's Bears. You still see the, the roster shortcomings, the talent deficiencies. But your young players stepped up when they needed to. Kendall Vildor made a big play, and your young quarterback looked pretty good by the end of it. And then others screwed up, and that's going to be part of it too. Others who may not be here next year. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh... I have to wonder what they're thinking on the Vikings side of it, considering they're the ones that cut Amir Smith-Marset. I don't think they have any regrets. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like, they were been like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it is a short week for us, um, but we'll be back Tuesday to uh, come back with uh, everything from this one, start previewing the game Thursday night as well. Bears and Commanders. Get Should excited. be a winnable game. Well, they lost today. They had a chance to win at the end. And then Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz. So, yeah, I think this has got to be a game that you pull out and find a way to win. And maybe the good vibes from today, they'll be able to carry that on into this one Thursday night. But it's going to be a quick turnaround. Thank you for everyone watching, listening. Please rate and review the podcast. Please hit subscribe on YouTube. Hit that like button. Obviousshirts.com for all the merch. We appreciate you guys so much. Tell a friend if you don't already have any, if you have somebody that you know hasn't been watching us, listening to us, tell them to check it out. Hogan Johns. We will be back Tuesday. Talk to you then. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?